0: Welcome to the Beyond the Box Score podcast. This is your host, David Kaplan. In this episode, I'm going to be coach Brian Johnson, he's the associate head men's basketball coach at Binghamton University. Coach, how's it going? How's it going? How's everything? Great. Coach, you want to give yourself a brief introduction to our listeners?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Brian Johnson, uh, Associate men's basketball coach at Binghamton University. Uh, going into my 12th year uh, this upcoming year and, and, and enjoying it. And, um, you know, super excited to be here. I appreciate you having me on. No doubt.
0: Coach, talk about growing up in
1: Annapolis. Oh, that's, that's home for me. Um, you know, I uh, grew up. Obviously, uh, my parents, my my brothers. I have two two older brothers. I'm the youngest of three. Uh, we grew up in Annapolis, like deep deep in Annapolis. It, it's actually kind of funny because a lot of people think I'm from Baltimore because uh, I went to you know went to Mount Saint Joe uh, in Baltimore for high school. But um, well, I'm originally from Annapolis, born and raised. Uh, spent about 17 years growing up in Annapolis until you know my my parents moved to Baltimore for my senior year of high school. Uh, but it was a, a great place. You know, I still I still miss it at times. You know, there are times where I, where I go home and I might be able to get down there for an hour, still have some some really good close friends and family. Uh, my, my middle brother lives in Annapolis still. So uh, whenever I get a chance to go back, you know, I I, I try to. You know, but it's a great place to live, great place to visit if you haven't been.
0: You talked about graduating from Mount St. Joe's in in Baltimore, uh, 2005. You were named the player of the year, helped your team to an 89-15 and record during your time there, including winning back-to-back titles in 03-04 and 04-05. What memories do you have from your playing days there? A lot. Um, (laughs) I
1: think some some of the best moments of my life really were – Hoisting that trophy, you know, the BCL champs, as well as MIAA. Uh, I think some of the, the best memories that I've had is just the, the, the amount of teammates um, and the amount of talent that that coach Pat Clatchy, a legend, uh, was able to kind of put together for those teams. Um, you know, we we had some great memories. Um I, I know my junior year, uh, people still talk about it still to this day as, as one of the best uh, high school basketball games in the BCL that they've ever seen you know we were playing Cardinal Gibbons at at third place my junior year and and down 18 with uh, a minute and a half and we ended up rallying and and having a comeback against some really good players you know some guys that that you probably know Kenny Hasbrooks, uh Leon Williams uh Kenny went on to play at Siena uh Leon went to went to go play at Ohio Um, and to be down 18 by you know to be down 18 and, and come back and end up winning in double overtime. Um, and I had a great game, uh, a great game where, you know, I hit two free throws to take us into overtime. And just those memories of, of winning championships, games like that, um, really, they they, stuck, they stick with me and and they stick with the people who follow the program still to this day, as well as my teammates. And, and we still talk about it all the time, so. Yeah, those those were those are some great years. You know, back to back champs. It was, it was a great time back then. You know, it's still a great league now in the BCL. Um, and Mount Saint Joe is obviously doing very well. And Coach Clatch, he is, you know, hasn't taken his foot off the glass, uh, uh, off the gas.
0: But uh, you know, it, it was it was a good time. A really good time. You elected to do a post grad year, and I'm interested what your recruitment was like and what made that the right move for an 18 year old Brian Johnson. Um, you know,
1: so to kind of go back, so I ended up getting uh, invited to the, the Nike All American Top 100 camp, um, going into my my senior year. So out in Indianapolis, and I had a chance to to play against some really good players uh, out there, and it was it was a great opportunity. I mean, I had a bunch of schools that that reached out and offered me. Um, and then obviously I played my senior year, played some, played with some really good players, um, you know, Dino Gregory, Kevin Swecker, um, uh, Dewan Goodwin. I mean, we had about, had about 10 guys on that team that were juniors and um, juniors and sophomores that ended up going to play division one. And then after that year, you know, being named player of the year, I think my family and I, as well as my. Head coach, Coach Kalachi. You know, we were kind of looking at the situation and and thinking that you know maybe I can play at a, at a at a higher level than than where I was playing than than where I was getting recruited at. So, um, you know, we reached out to a couple post grad teams. You know, my my AAU coach, Coach Dwayne Davis, at the time, Baltimore Stars was really a really good program in the area, um, and you know we had some connections and as well as Coach. Coach Klatsch, he had some connections, and and I ended up going to uh, Winchenden. Um, Ended up going to Winchester and play for Mike Burns, and it was really just an opportunity to go play in one of the, the obviously top post uh, post grad leagues in the country. And you know when I got there, it was it was it was it was great because I I played with uh, some really good players. I mean, my my roommate was second second in the country. Uh, in scoring behind Monte Ellis, uh, Lawrence Westbrook from Arizona. And I think he averaged 41 points a game uh, in high school. So I had had an opportunity to obviously high school play with some really good players. And then when I got to prep school, I I played with guys that were really getting recruited at the, at the highest level. So um, it was really just the opportunity to play against, you know, uh, to be on a a different stage, to play against, uh, play against and play with, players from across the country, um, and, you know, hopefully try to increase my recruiting. Um, but, you know, fortunately enough that, you know, I played, I had a really good year, and I was still able to play Division One and go to a, a very solid level.
0: You ended up in Delaware, started for the Blue Hens from 06 to 2011, where you played under Monty Ross. Talk about your relationship with him and the rest of the staff, and then what it was like to uh, red shirt. Um, you know, so <laughs> my relationship with Coach Ross, I
1: mean, that is, that's my guy. Um, you know, he, he's someone that I, I really look up to and, and you know, I view as, as a mentor. You know, um, a lot of people don't know this story, but you know, my, my recruitment ran pretty late and Coach Ross just got the job and he was coming up to, to see us play pickup. And so we're playing pickup and I have two 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 players kind of get into it. One's a big six eight center, and the other one's like a six five, six, six wing forward. And they get into it. Like, I mean, it was, you know, nose to nose, pushing. And then you got the littlest guy, the littlest guy who's five nine, five ten on a good day that kind of sprints over and like separates both of them. And, you know, the big 6'8 guy, I'm, like, holding him back, telling them relax, you know, come on, let's play basketball. I'm really calming them down. And after, after pickup was over, I remember talking with Coach, Coach Ross. And Coach Ross, we were, we were sitting in Coach Burns' office, and he, and he told me, he said, listen, I didn't think anybody was going to be – I remember this like it was yesterday. He said, he said B, I, I didn't think anybody was going to be able to calm him down. You know, like, that just shows me that you're a leader. You know, that shows me that you can that you can command and and be the point guard. And I really would love for you to, you know, be one of my first, be my first recruit at the University of Delaware and and come there and and help us build this program. And I was sold, you know, I was I was a huge Jameer Nelson fan. You know, obviously he coached Jameer Nelson when he was at St. Joe's. And, you know, that's why my freshman year, I was, I was number 14 uh, because, you know, I was I was a big fan of his. Right. And, I, uh, you know, I, I imagine my game being like his. So uh, I had to coach Ross. I mean, he, he put the ball in my hands. I mean, he gave me opportunity to, to start and play right away and, and gain a lot of minutes. And it was, it was a great opportunity for me. You know, it was, we weren't that good. <laughs> I still remember my freshman year. I mean, we were five and 26 and we, and we struggled and, uh, you know, I think we had back-to-back wins my freshman year, and that might have been the only, you know, only back-to-back wins that we had, um, you know, in the in the Lasalle tournament uh, that they had that they hosted. But uh, you know, throughout the years, we got better. You know, my, my freshman year uh, to my sophomore year, when we you know we recruited more talent. We recruited Alfonso Dawson. Uh, Herb Courtney was was already there. He was a, a All CAA guy. Um, we had my, salt, my sophomore year we ended up getting two guys uh, who transferred in from uh, Georgetown uh, Mark Egerson as well as uh, Jim Lebstom who we transferred in from Nebraska so we started we started to like accumulate some talent and we got better and then going into my junior year you know we had we got Juwan Carter who transferred in from st. Joe's so you know we and we had some other freshmen and transfers that that helped us and it was you know it was starting to be on the up and up. You know, I really, I really felt like I was a part of what Coach Ross was building and what the staff, what they, what they really sold me on, and how you know Delaware is going to be one of the top mid-major programs and not just the East Coast, but really the country. And that junior year, I thought we thought we had something. So uh, going into my senior year, yeah, uh, you talk about my redshirt year. Going into my senior year, it was, I, I thought you know, I was in the best shape of my life. You know, I was, I was working out every day. Um, you know, I had a, I had a trainer at home and the opportunity to, to really not only have a great season, but to also prolong my career, you know, and, and being a, a professional basketball player. So, you know, going in about a, a week, about a week uh, before school started, like I said, I went to Mount St. Joe. So a week before our school started, I went back and, and we were playing basketball. All the all the former guys come back that play in Division One and play professional basketball. And, you know, one of the first couple of plays, I remember I make an in and out move in transition and I tear my ACL. So I had to sit out that entire year and, and kind of just sit back and learn and, and be a, a coach on the sidelines, be a, a supporter, a player you know went from being a guy freshman sophomore junior year that played that played almost every single minute of the game to to not playing at all so I had to learn I had to really learn I had to ask I asked a lot of questions to coach Ross as well as the staff because you know I had a, a want to to learn and get better you know not just for myself but also to help my teammates so then that that year went by and I came back third day of practice I tore my meniscus so now I go from sitting out of year to coming back, third day of practice, tear my, tear my meniscus. I'm out for a month and a half, about six weeks, missed the first three games. And then, you know, it just never was the same. And then having an having uh, appointment at the end of the year review of, like, my body. Uh, doctor, uh, my doctor tells me at Delaware, he tells me, he tells me that, uh, the cadaver that they put in my leg was, was no longer there. So pretty much I tore my ACL again. So, uh, you know, so I went from, you know, being, I guess you want to say, the big man on campus playing to to really just trying to figure out life <laughs> at that point, you know, because because my career as a professional basketball player was, was pretty much, pretty much over.
0: How tough was the league back then? And, and, uh, you know, when did you realize that you wanted to be a basketball coach?
1: Oh, man, talk about how tough the CAA was. I mean, you had – you probably had about two or three pros on on every team. And when I mean pros, probably NBA guys. Uh, you know, at that time, you had VCU, who was still in the league, Georgia State, who was still in the league, George Mason, who was still in the league, um, Old Dominion, um, Northeastern was tough. Hofstra was obviously tough. Uh, William Mary was solid. Um, I mean, talk about Eric Mainer and Larry Sanders at VCU. You know, Chasey on Adams, uh, Matt Janning, Manny Adako at Northeastern, Charles Jenkins at Hofstra. Um, you know, I could, I could, the list goes on and on. I mean, these guys, these guys, you know, not only played and had opportunities to play in the NBA, but also you know, are, some of them are probably you know, Matt Jannon is still playing overseas, you know? So, you know, and to be honest with you, we had some guys too that, that were pretty good and John Carter and Mark Eggerson, who, you know, still could be playing if they really wanted to. So, um, the league was, the league was tough. I mean, you really, you know, I had a teammate who played at George Mason, um, Will Thomas, who who obviously was was a good player, he was he was my high school teammate, and he's still playing. So to go up against him every single night, I, I knew our big fellas had their handful. Um, but you know, it was it was it was a great league back then, and, and it still is. You know, it's get it's getting there. You know, I still watch, and it's still getting there. Um, so, but you know, to get into coaching, I mean, it was I I always had a want and a love for coaching. You know, I always admired. Uh, certain coaches, especially throughout my recruiting process, um, the coaches that I, I kind of saw myself either wanting to be like or play for, and you know, to I I didn't know I was going to start so soon, you know, and and I just thought that you know, obviously getting injured, it kind of, you know, my AAU coach, Coach Dwayne, I remember he called me and uh, when I got injured the last time, and uh, he'd say, he said he said, b I, he said, you know, the coaching career is going to last way longer than your playing career anyway. So why not get started now? And, and I think that changed my entire mindset of, you know, maybe not feeling so sorry for myself and just realizing that, hey, this is a, this is a blessing and an opportunity that, you know, that's, that's in front of you. So let's just put everything and put you all into it.
0: they broke into the business at the Division two level. Uh, being an assistant coach for one season, uh, Goldie Beacom College. You guys went 18 and 11 back in 2011, 2012. Talk about the transition from player to coach at GBC. <laughs>
1: um, I got to work for for Chuck Hammond, uh, who's now, you know, he's one of the vice presidents over at 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 Goldie Beacom. Um, and to work for him was an amazing opportunity. Um, and when I say that, you know, I, I've been I've been very lucky, like for him or for me, really, to have someone who um, allowed me to to recruit, you know, allow me to, to work guys out. Um, he taught me not just about the basketball, the X's and O's, because he was his his baby was the offense. Like you weren't going to touch the offense like most coaches. But, you know, for him, it was about giving me the opportunity to, to really learn. And I've always been the guy to ask a lot of questions, right? Um, and still to this day, you know, he's a he's a good friend of mine, a great friend of mine that I ask about, you know, just the business and 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 work work life balance in general. Um, but to be able to kind of adjust to to not being a player, it, it, it took some time. Um, it took it definitely took some time, but it it was it was a good opportunity to really learn. You know how to interact with with student athletes as um as a coach and a, as a coach outside of just being just a player right they are they obviously you know Goldie Begum is 20 minutes down the road if that so a lot of the guys on the team you know were, were my age you know but to kind of have some respect and um, have some respect in him treating me as a coach. I think that was, that was probably one of the things where I learned. It's like, okay, I'm not a player anymore. Like I, I have to carry myself a certain way. And and Chuck, Chuck really uh, taught me that. And he really, we, me and him would, would talk every day about how he, you know, carries himself in, in the office and, and around the players, but he's, he was a player's coach, man. He was, he, he got it. And um, I enjoyed my time at, at, at Goldie, you know, we were, we were a really good group, um, and we had some really good players. And and I think we lost in, we lost in the championship. So you know we had a shot shot to make it.
0: 2012, you're hired at UNBC to be their director of basketball operations. The next season, you're promoted to an assistant coach. Talk about transitioning from coaching on the floor and recruiting to go doing administrative stuff, running camps, and doing the behind the scenes stuff so you know
1: so when I when I first got the job so I, I actually when I first got the job I actually my I went there working uh to go work for Randy Monroe so he he was the head coach at the time um and he ended up you know not being the head coach by the time that the season started um but you know Randy gave me you know coach Monroe gave me a great opportunity to be there and you know, so I went there as a director of basketball operations. It was the opportunity to come back home, uh, to be in my backyard. Um, you know, I think I was what 20, maybe 24, 23. You know, I'm living with my parents, you know, I'm, uh not paying any rent. So that was that was great. Those were good times back then. And so uh, you know, having the having the chance to 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 be at home and and now seeing that I have to be um, organized. You know, I have to be able to to run camps. Um, I have to be um, personable, not just with players and coaches, right? But but with the administration. You know, I'm dealing with uh, the athletic director. I'm dealing with the SWA. Um, I'm dealing with with people that that really are are trying to help us run our our operation in terms of just like like money and budgets. You know, so that was, that was different. Um, was I, I'll be honest, was I ready for it? Absolutely not. You know, but, you know, I learned on the job, you know, and and when Aki Thomas took over as, as the head coach, he really was very patient. You know, he was very patient with me. Like he, he understood like the situation that we were in. Um, he understood that, you know, I was, uh, I could, I could do the job. Um, but it's going to take, take a little time. You know, I made some mistakes just like, just like any, you know, 24 year old director of best operation does. I mean, it's, it, it really, it really consumes your mind. Um, like any job, you know, it consumes your mind and, and you really overthink almost probably everything. Uh, but, you know, that was, that was something that I had to learn um, how to do. And I thought, I thought, you know, I always felt like, okay, if I did it the next year, I would probably be better. Um, but then, you know, Coach Thomas saw that, you know, I had some really good relationships and uh, how I communicate with the guys and through my experience that he wanted to promote me to, to being an assistant. So,
0: and You're an assistant there for three years under Coach Thomas, and the team struggled in the win column. You know, what was it like not to experience the level of success you guys had hoped for? And... Do you ever doubt yourself as a coach going through those tough times?
1: well i think I think the knowledge that I have now was was really from that experience of of learning um, learning a lot not only about myself but about like how we could be successful. Um, you know, coach Thomas, you know i we still talk to this day, and you know me and him talk about things that, that, you know, we could have done better at UMBC, which really helps me, like, now, right? Um, you know, I, I just think that, you know, obviously trying to run a program, and, and there were so many different things, that I think, at my age that I didn't even, I thought I knew, but I didn't know, right? Um, you know, you're 24, 25 years old, 26 years old, you're six, 26 years old, and you think you have all the answers, and you really don't, um, but it was it was a great opportunity, you know, you know we, we had uh, we had some really good players, you know, with Coach Zito as well. I mean, we and Jay Green, you know, we worked very hard and we didn't see the results that that we wanted. Uh, but there were things that, you know, that we both that with everybody I feel like we learned where we could, you know, do something different here or do something better there. And and, you know, I, I think it was it was great you know, I think it was a great opportunity, which led me to, to, um, you know, the n- next opportunity, right. Being prepared for the next opportunity. So to say, uh, do I ever doubt myself as a coach? Um, I don't think so. You know I mean? This is, it's basketball, you know, just like the players are going to make mistakes. Coaches are going to make mistakes, you know? And, and I never, I never felt like, um, coaching was too hard. You know, uh, I mean, this is, this is not hard, like, uh, you know, working a job that you don't enjoy that that that's hard you know this is this is fun this is this is something that we get to do every single day and we get to see the to see how much better our players get from working out you know we get to get to crack jokes with the guys and we get to be a you know with kids sometime and, and joke around with them and, and talk about our college experiences you know that that's that's fun you know so I never I never doubt myself because at the end of the day, you know, there's there's a million different ways of skin a cat, you know, and and sometimes we might be wrong. Sometimes we might be right. But, you know, it's our job to help our players get better and put them in the best position to be successful. So um, I have the utmost confidence you know, in myself as well as the people that that I work with. You know, I've always been like that. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't.
0: How cool is it to see Jarius Lyles have the success he did at UMBC when they upset UVA back in
1: 2018? Oh my goodness. I mean, it was probably as, as a coach, one of, one of our like proudest moments to, to see them be successful. Um, you know, obviously we weren't there, right. We weren't there to to enjoy that success um, as coaches, but you know, still still to this day like to see Jarius you know see how how uh well he's doing you know to to talk to him and just to, um you know still obviously I'm at I'm at the rival school so we kind of go at it sometimes um through like you know text or something like that but you know I mean to see him be successful and as well as like Jordan Grant and, and Joe Sherburne and and see those guys, I mean, that that was that was amazing, right? I mean, you you couldn't do anything but root for UMBC at that time. Right. I mean, it was it was something that um I don't think anybody predicted. Um, but it was, I think, I think every underdog was was hoping that, you know, UMBC could knock off Virginia. And, and when they did, I mean, it was it was it was something that that Coach Oldham and them should be very proud of, you know, still to this day.
0: What's that group text going like with the, uh, the old staff during that game?
1: <laughs> oh man, I can't, I can't think back that far. Um, I, I think, I think all of us were just, I would say shocking and all, right. I mean, I don't think anybody expected, like we, you know, you hope for it. Right. Um, but I don't think anybody expected it. You know, it was, it was something that, you know to see see them make them moves and make them shots. I mean, I still remember Jordan hit a shot in the corner and we were just like, oh my goodness. Like, I mean, it was, it was something that, you know, we we were cherishing, you know, and, and I still took, I mean me and Zito, we still talk about that, still so to this day. It's like, man, these dudes really be Virginian. You know, like it was, I mean it's something they should be proud of, right? Um so yeah, I can't remember I can't remember the exact text messages, but uh, you know. We, we were all pretty happy for him, though.
0: Good stuff. You know, April 2016, you took over as the head coach at Prince George's Community College. If I'm not mistaken, the job wasn't full-time. What did you do to pay the bills back then? <laughs>
1: um, it, 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 at the time, it was not full-time, right. Um, you know what? And, and this, is, this is the, the, the honest truth. Uh, my wife, who was my fiance uh, at the time, actually my girlfriend at the time, um, you know, she was, she was all for it. You know, she was, she, she said, Hey, you want to be a coach, you know, listen, focus and, and be a coach, you know? So like she, you know, there were other ways to obviously to me, like in the summer and, and working camps. Um, but she really held me down, you know, she really, um, Allow me to coach and be on campus, and to um, you know check class, do study halls. Um, you know that was that was something that was that was big for 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 myself as well as the staff. You know, Coach West and Coach Coach uh, coach, coach Jenkins. I mean, we were we were guys who really invested a lot of our time into into our players, and, and really helping them like be successful right in in order to really be successful I think at, at PG like you have to be there and you have to like invest a lot of your time there you know and to make sure that they're going to class make sure that they're you know that they're there for practice on time and you got you know standards and expectations um so I, I give all the credit to her at least that first year you know that first year you know she a she said, hey you want to be a head coach go be a head coach and you know she you know she took the burden of like lot of a lot of the stuff that you know most people kind of take for granted and um you know she was she was dynamite you know in in that and then that following year you know Miss Joanne my my athletic director who is a, a superstar I mean she's been there for you know 30 plus years you know and she saw you know how much work and time I was putting in with the players and and she wanted me to to pretty much be like her assistant athletic director, so I could be there um, and help. Um, so um, not just for like our student athletes, uh, basketball student athletes, but also just every student athlete that was at at PG. So um, yeah, that was that was that was really a blessing. You know, I mean, I didn't, I I couldn't even have guessed what. Um, that was even gonna have like you know the opportunity to have there i couldn't even guess that so just to just to really for her to come up to me that second year and be like hey you know i, I think i want i think i want to have you here full time it was it was something that you know i, I still think her to this to this day you know and 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 i really appreciate her for for allowing me to do that you know because it was it was something that she didn't have to do but she saw how how much of an impact we had with with our players
0: you spent two years as a head coach uh, in Largo at PG. You led the Owls to the 2017 Maryland Junior College Tournament Championship, uh, regional championship finalists and back-to-back years. Talk about your staff and what you learned, not just from your first head coaching experience, but the JUCO experience. Um,
1: i tell you what. Whew. My staff, William West, Bruce Jenkins, Leon Porter, I mean, Elliot. I mean, those guys, uh, there, there is a, absolutely no way that any of – and I'm going to talk about what was most important to us was really helping these guys move on and get to the next level. There's absolutely no way that that could have happened Without them and you know without them taking time out of the day to practice study hall you know without them you know showing up to practice you know I mean there were days where you know I know that they had a lot of stuff going on with their own families and you know they didn't they didn't they weren't on salary they weren't getting a a salary you know they were getting a, a stipend you know and and I know they 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 really wanted to see the program be successful. They wanted to see our players be successful, um, and it was it was it was it was different. You know, it, I think the one thing that we did, and I think a lot of when I first took over the job, uh, the first thing I did was I called. I don't know if you know a guy by the name of Bill Lloyd. Um, coach Lloyd was was the head coach at Cecil Community College when when Cecil was rolling back in the day, and he was sending guys, you know, to, to the highest level, to mid-major, low-major, D2s. I mean, he, he won a national championship, I believe. And the first thing I did, and I just asked him, I said, man, how, how did you do it? Um. And he just, he just kind of broke it down to me, just the time and, and how much you know, he had to put in and, and making sure that, hey, they, they took the right classes and not just any classes, you know. Hey, you want them to make sure they take transferable classes so they can get to the next level um, and not just any classes so they can stay eligible. And he really taught me, you know, what it is to, to be a junior college head coach and how it means more to see them be successful um, in the classroom than it does to win basketball games, you know. And, and in that, you know, our first season, uh, which was a, a phenomenal year. I mean, I mean, we won we won the Maryland Junior College um, State Championship. It was the first time that they'd done it since 1981, and we did we did it with with kids that, you know, really believed not only like in themselves, but they believed in the staff, right? And and everybody stayed eligible, you know, and and we had some really good kids kind of move on to to, to get scholarships and play Division Two and and division three. And it was just, it was a great time. You know, those kids taught me a lot, you know, and, and the kids that we had, you know, they needed, they needed somebody to, to hold them accountable. They needed, they needed guys, uh, a guy to a coach to, to really care about them, you know, academically. And, you know, you could see from that team, I mean, you had a bunch of guys that went on and, and got college degrees and, you know, Still in the group text messages with the with, with majority of those guys now, so um, you know relationships are everything, man. And to me, and for for to see them be successful, I mean it, it's amazing. It still it still is amazing because they really, really uh, you know they needed somebody, they needed a staff to really care about them, and, and that's what we did.
0: You succeeded current Mount Saint Mary's coach Dan Ingolstad at Southern Vermont in June of two thousand eighteen. I'm curious what the search process was like, and, and had you turned down any other offers for SVC? Um, there were a
1: couple a couple other opportunities that that popped up. Um, you know, there were a couple other opportunities that popped up, but you know, I <laughs> I never told anybody this, but. I had somebody. I had. I, I remember I was out recruiting, and you know, a guy told me he was a D three head coach at the time, and he's like, you know, what, what do you want? I was coaching junior college, and, and unfortunately, sometimes junior college gets a gets a bad gets a bad rep, which I think is is very unfair, you know, because these guys work hard, man. I, I've been there, you know. I've coached every single level, one, two, three, junior college, so I know, you know. The reputation and I know like guys, guys at junior college level work extremely hard and um I had a guy ask me on a recruiting event he said man we, why are you wasting your time you know like I said what do you mean I said you know we have some guys that have gone on and, and played at your level um that are that are very successful he's like yeah he's like he asked me he said do you have a master's and at the time I did not you know I said no I don't have a master's he's like okay well you'll never be you know a d3 head coach so i kind of looked at him and i was like excuse me he's like yeah yeah you don't have your masters so there were other opportunities that presented themselves that i actually actually turned down um but then you know the the opportunity at southern vermont you know i didn't know if it was real because i kind of listened to what what that person said and um to see Dan Engelstad and, and it had to make sense. You know, it had to make sense to 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 make that jump um to, to Southern Vermont College. And, and, and what I mean by make sense, like it had to be a place where we could go and, and be successful, um, where we can go and have a have an impact, you know, not only just just on the court, but also off the court. And and that's what Southern Vermont was. I mean, it was a place where you know, throughout the process, you know, um, you know, it was, it was a great opportunity where they, they wanted me, right? Like it wasn't necessarily where I felt like, like I was just going after it. Like they reached out to me, they wanted me to apply. And, and it was, it was, you know, a place that, that my wife and I were, you know, my girlfriend, fiance turned wife thought we could go there and and have a great career and be there for a very long time. Um, but unfortunately, obviously that didn't happen.
0: The Mountaineers had a 16 win season with you as their coach. I'm curious, were you able to schedule many of your own games or did you inherit your non-conference schedule?
1: (laughs) Um, a lot, a lot of the games were already set. Um, you know, a lot, most of the games were already set. Uh, I believe, I think, I think I was able to schedule one tournament and that was the Williams tournament um locally and I, I think they I think I want to say Dan didn't hasn't played them or he didn't play them for the last maybe like year or two because because I think he beat them a couple times so sorry if anybody's listening for way I'm sorry I had to throw that in there but uh yeah no it was uh I think that was the only tournament and they beat us up pretty good <laughs> they beat us up pretty good too so, so it was it was um yeah
0: you know, after 12 months, uh, after being hired at SVC, you're out of a job and not because of your win-loss record, not because anything you did off the court. How did you find out the school was closing and how tough was it to balance trying to find new schools for your players, but also trying to find a new job? It was tough. I mean, you know, and, and I
1: mentioned that story from earlier. You know, someone telling you that you know you're not going to get you know a Division three program without having your master's and and you know for all young coaches, listen, you know don't ever let anybody tell you what you can't do, you know because you can. You know I think that, I think that's important to realize. Like, and I don't look at Southern Vermont closing as as um, um a wasted opportunity you know, I, I looked at it as an opportunity to go there and, and to, to be a part of a winning program. And I think it, it was tough, you know, and, and personally it was tough because, you know, I, I found out, you know, the athletic director at the time, you know, like, um, you know, when it happened, uh, when it was about to happen, you know, and she, she um, gave me, you know, brought me in, told me that was happening. And then then obviously the the next day you know we found out that you know the school was closing you know from from the president and from the higher ups um and that was that was probably one of the the lowest moments i thought because at the time you know my wife was 6 months pregnant uh with our first child so you go from you go from living in baltimore uh to you know, moving to Vermont to nine months, 10 months later, now you gotta look for a new job. And I'm sure, you know, my wife is looking at me, uh, even though she wouldn't say this, but you know, she's probably looking at me like, man, what are we doing? You know, but I remember, you know, she was, you know, my wife is a very faith-based woman. And I remember her telling me like, hey, this this was meant to be, this was our calling. Like, we're gonna find a better opportunity and um, you know, just just keep your head up, keep plugging, you know. And and I think for our players, you know, it was easy. It was easy for them because, you know, when they come in from a good program, and you know, you said you won sixteen games for the first year, and and everybody wants good players. So you know, we had Daniel Freyer who um, transferred from Coppin State. He was one of my one of my recruits to transfer from Coppin State to Southern Vermont College, Division One, Division Three and it was easy for him to land, you know, in a, in a division two program and be successful. Um, we had a bunch of guys who ended up uh, a few guys ended up going to division three, um, division three level and and going in there and being successful, being successful. So I think the hardest part was, you know, trying to find myself another job. Um, but I think when you're a good person and I think when, you know, you do things the right way, there's always people that are, that are going to, that you, you know that you don't even see or know that are going to be on the lookout for you, and that's what happened.
0: 2016, Coach Tommy Dempsey hires you to serve on his coaching staff at Binghamton. Did you have a previous relationship with him, and, and did you have any other opportunities?
1: I did. Um, I had. A, I actually had a a few opportunities, um, but we felt like. You know, when I say we, my wife and I, and my family, like we felt like this was this was the best opportunity for us, um, in terms of stability, in terms of you know getting back into Division One, right you know where I played and coached already in a league that I'm very familiar with. Um, so you know, Coach Dempsey was, you know, I had, a, in terms of a previous relationship, I actually he coached against me, um, and I remember when, you know when we were in the office, he kind of always teased. You know that that they beat up on us at Delaware, which they did. Uh, they had a pro in Jason Thompson, who was who was a monster, obviously. Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, we we had a previous relationship. Um, but you know, I also had another guy who uh, was my teammate, who was a staff member here, um, who kind of kind of connected the dots for us, and we were able to talk, and we just we just. Met Matched, you know. I think. I think. Any. I think. Like everything, it's about fit. Um, and you know, Coach Dempsey gave me the opportunity to come help him, help him build something here. And um, and you know, it, it was it was a great opportunity that that uh, they allowed me to be a part of.
0: You guys played number one nationally ranked Michigan State in Lansing that first year. Now I won't mention the score, but was Please. the guarantee check worth it?
1: <laughs> um, at that time, I didn't do the scheduling, but um, but it was. I mean, that was that was probably. I mean, the ground was shaking. I mean, you talk about you talk about fans. You talk about um, you know a hectic arena um, in a positive way. I mean, you. It was. It was. It was the time where uh, you know, unfortunately, one of one of them. their starting point guard, I think his brother might have passed away. So it was, it was, the place was bananas. I mean, it was, it it was, it was a tough game for us. Um, You know, we, we just want to, I remember, I remember it got to a certain point where we just wanted to get out of there and and nobody get injured. Um, But it was, they, they, Coach Izzo obviously does a, (laughs) he does a really good job getting his team fired up. Um, And and he had those guys ready to rock and roll. Um, and that physicality, you know, that speed, um, you know, that intensity, you know, we just that night, we just couldn't match it. So, um, you know, more pride to, them. you know, hopefully one of these days in the tournament, you know, we'll see him again.
0: Last season, you're promoted to associate head coach after Coach Sanders was named the interim head coach. I've always wondered because really every coach is an interim coach. Was it tough to recruit with your head coach having the interim title?
1: Oh, for sure. For sure, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and this is where I talk about having, having gone through that experience. You know, when I was at UMBC at 25 um, or 24, where Coach Coach Aki Thomas was, was the interim head coach, you know, now with Lavelle Sanders, um, I remember this year being that um, him obviously having an interim tag. You know, it it kind of was a little more knowledgeable about how we we can recruit, right? Or what we can say, what we can't say. You know, um, you know, how what's 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 most important, what's not most what, what's not most important. You know, uh, what do we need to do and and try to and I say we as a staff, like what do we need to do to try to help Coach Sanders. Um, get an extension and, and try to help him um, in the program move forward and, and trending in the right direction. Um, so uh, it was very difficult, you know, to, to recruit. I mean, anybody would tell you that, you know, obviously recruiting is the lifeblood of what we do, you know, and, and but when you are on an interim basis, like we, like we were, the most important, most important guys are the, are the ones that are in your locker room. You know, those are the ones that are gonna give you an opportunity to win some games. And those are the ones that are going to get uh, are going to be the ones that are on your campus, the ones that you have to uh, develop and try to help them get as, get better and as best as they can, so then they can perform on the days where you need them to perform, right? Uh, so just trying to help them in mind, body, and spirit, just to be be the best that they can be, and not even worry about the contract because that at the end of the day, that stuff's going to take care of itself. So you know, if we worry about the guys that we had that we have, then you know. The interim tag will, will take care of itself so you know we we definitely recruited and we and we tried to you know we, we had guys on campus and and you know we but we the thing with coach sanders lavelle is just he's honest you know he's one of the most honest people i've ever met you know so it, there was no hiding the interim tag you know there was no telling you something fools go to what's not real you know he, and from his leadership, it was easy for us to do the same thing as 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 assistants.
0: I'm sure you'd like to be a head coach again. What would the right situation look like for you to move one seat over?
1: It's a great question. Um, you know, I think I think it would. You know, I think everybody dreams of. I would hope everybody dreams of being a head coach, running their own program. You know, I, I would say this, you know, the right situation, I mean, I, I feel like I'm in a great situation, so it would, it would be tough to leave these guys and, and to leave Coach Sanders. Um, but, you know, obviously, uh, you know, to have opportunity to be a head coach, you know, it would just have to, it would have to make sense, you know, uh, and I say make sense in terms of just being a place that you can be successful and being a place where my family and my wife feels comfortable um, living and being. Um, so, you know, we, we, get, we have two little girls and, and we're super excited to be here at Binghamton and, and my, my wife and, and my girls love it here. And we love Coach Sanders and, and the opportunity he's given us to be here as, as his associate coach. So, you know, Binghamton, you know, we, we got to be successful, you know, and, and that's priority number one right now is to make sure that, that, we, that we're a part of the puzzle of trying to help this program get to the next level.
0: How has being a father changed you as a coach? Oh man. Um, <laughs>
1: uh, so I I think it's changed a lot, you know, and and I would like to say, um, I try not to sweat the small stuff. You know, I, I think I think this job consumes you so much and, and as it should, because it's it's what you're passionate about and what you love. But the one thing about my girls is that when I walk through that door, they could care less what kind of day I had. Um, you know, they're running up. They're running up to me, yelling, Daddy. And at that point, I forgot what happened the last five, 10 minutes while I was in the office. So um, it's changed a lot. I mean, they they come with me to, to to the games. You know, we just had team camp. My oldest, she's only you know, almost three. You know, she's sitting there you know, eating the airhead and and watching basketball, um, and, and, and stuffing down pizza, you know, and I'm just watching her. And she, she looks at me and says, daddy, I want to be a coach. You know, that means more than anything, like that's, 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 that's love right there. Right. Um, so, but you know, I, I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy being a father. It's the, it's the most important and the best thing I've ever experienced. Um, to me, and I think that's the great thing about this staff. You know, we we have um, some guys that are that are married and kids, and and you know, it's a family environment. So it's not like, you know, our families hang out. You know, our kids play together. You know, that that's that's very important to to uh, coaching and what we do. And that's why, you know, I love it here.
0: That sounds like your daughter's already got the uh, coaching diet down. As far as when you're recruiting, go and get that slice of pizza, maybe an Airhead, get a soda or whatnot.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, something, something like that. You know, I know her mother is probably not happy with her diet, but you know, you know, she probably wish she probably had an apple. But every now and then, you know, when she's with dad, you know, she can have a you well know, extra treat or two.
0: Yeah, I've been to a lot of high school games. I don't think I've ever seen apples in the snack bar. <laughs> <laughs> He <laughs> that So, you know, coach, we come to the segment. I call start, bench, cut. I give you three things start one, bench one, and cut one. Okay. Reebok and one champion. Reebok and one champion. All
1: right. So we're going to start and one. We're going to. Bench,
0: champion, and then we're going to cut Reebok. Sorry. Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, Ray Allen. Oh, my God. you give me some tough ones. We're going to start Tracy,
1: Tracy McGrady. Oh, man, this is tough. We're going to start Tracy McGrady. We're going to bench Ray Allen. We're going to cut Vince.
0: Did I just say that?
1: I can't believe I just
0: said. I think it. so. <laughs> uh, Raven, <laughs> Ravens, Orioles, Wizards.
1: All right, so we're gonna we're gonna start the Orioles. We're gonna bench the Wizards, and we're gonna cut the Ravens. I'm sorry, man. I'm a, I'm a Commanders fan. You know, that's just that's who I represent. I'm from Annapolis. You either either root for the Ravens or you root for the, you know the new Commanders. That's that's it.
0: Last one, Coach. Hoop dirt, verbal commits, transfer portal. And before you answer, I've seen your roster.
1: <laughs> hoop dirt. Okay, what's it? What, hoop dirt,
0: verbal commits, and transfer portal.
1: Oh, we we get, we got to start the transfer portal. Got to start the transfer portal. Um, we have to bench verbal commits, and then we got to cut hoop dirt. Sorry.
0: Coach, who are three guests I should have on the podcast? Three guests.
1: It's um, a good question. Uh, I would say one, the first one would probably be Lavelle Sanders, my head coach. You know, um, I think he would be a great person to have on. Um, second, uh, I would say Dorian Long from Maris. I think he has a, a pretty unique story. Uh, I think everybody will find, find his, uh, his story very uh, uh, fascinating. And, you know, I think last, I think last, uh, I think last I'll, you know what? I'll say Kevin Noon from Bowling Green. Those would be, those would be my three. I think I think all three of those guys would, would give you a great, give you some great content, man. They all have unique stories. Me and Kevin Noon we worked together at UMBC. Mike can tell you a couple of embarrassing stories about me. So, um, but yeah, no, that, that those would be those would be three really good solid guys.
0: What advice do you have for coaches trying to get into the business or? you know, if they have opportunities to go to different levels uh, as far as pros and cons or going to a lower level instead of a perceived higher level.
1: I think, I think the, the one advice that my mentor, um, one of my mentors has given me is just to be genuine and to understand that, you know, you have to, you have to work, hard to, to get what you want and I know it's kind of like cliche but like you kind of got you got to be yourself you know I, I don't think I don't think you can fake and, and be anybody else you know like I said my, my my story is pretty unique you know when you talk about a guy who played division one was a really good basketball player um, I like to believe I was solid right and you know D2 to D1 to junior college to D3 to D to D1 you know, to be now being an associate coach, at, you know, a program that, that's on the rise. Like, I mean, there, there's no one path, you know, I think, I think the most important thing is just to not give up, not give up to, to network and to be genuine in your networking to be genuine, you know, and, and I think that's important. You know, you have to have to be a guy that, that people, um, you know, that you can help um, that people want to help. You know, and, and also like in, in the process of, of you trying to obtain whatever you're trying to obtain doing, doing the best at your job uh, that's required of you, you know, and I think sometimes that gets lost whenever whenever you're in the job I think you have to be the best that you can at what you're doing. Um, and then I think that's where, you know, people start to recognize like your value, right, because if you bring value people are going to want you want you a part of the organization.
0: No question. Uh, coach, if listeners want to get in touch with you, email, social media, what have you, what's the best way?
1: Um man, anyway, email um bjohnso at binghamton.edu. Um uh, my my Twitter and Instagram are, are both the same. Coach, coach underscore bjohn, uh bj underscore john at so um any 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 of those avenues. Um please don't hesitate to reach out. you know, I feel like I feel like this this is the time, especially in the summer, kind of our downtime where you know we we can help. Um, and I don't have all the answers, right? but if I can help anybody help one coach or or help a younger coach or older coach, you know I, I was just on the phone today uh, earlier asking a, a coach that's older than me, you know about advice you know and and that's just something that that this profession is is um, that that needs that that people need in this profession is advice and and if I can offer that in any way please don't hesitate to ask that's for anybody listening
0: coach can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast you know not that many years older than me but somebody I've admired from afar and kind of uh, you know enjoyed following your journey so I'm glad to see you are thriving uh, as the associate coach
1: I appreciate your time. I appreciate your time. So, definitely, um, you know, I, I thank you for for wanting to have me on and and go Bearcats,
0: follow us this season. Thanks for listening to the Beyond the Box Score podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and rate five stars.